Well, today what I want to do is talk a little bit about making choices and the importance of the choices that we make. You're probably all familiar with and have probably all played that little would-you-rather game where you're given two different options and you have to pick one or the other and maybe tell why you would make that choice. Maybe you can just respond to, let me give you a few of them, and you can respond just by raising your hand as to which of the sides that you would take. So, so here's one just to get us started. Would you rather live in a place where the low temperature never got below 100 or the high temperature never got above 40? How many would take the 100? How many would take the 40? Okay, most of you like it cold, apparently. Good thing, because here, here is where you live. All right, here's another one. How many of you would like to live in a house with 500 loose tarantulas or 100 loose snakes? Tarantulas? Snakes. <laughs> All right, most of you are like me, which is like, either way, just take me home now, Lord. Please just take me home now. All right, maybe just, uh, just one other one. How many of you would rather be the funniest person in the room or the smartest person in the room? Funniest? How many of you would want to be the smartest? All right, I think that's a good question because I know the challenge of being both. And so it's a, it, or, or being neither, as the case might more appropriately be, appropriately be when, it comes to, when it comes to me. All right, choices, they're important. Sometimes the choices that we make are kind of inconsequential. Sir, would you like paper or plastic? Doesn't really matter. Other times it makes a big deal. And today we're going to be talking about the latter because John brings us a topic where the decision that we make, the side that we choose, is going to have all of the impact in the world relative to who we are and who we become and how well we follow after the will and the purposes of God. If you think for a moment about people who are very important in your life, would you like to be able to have the opportunity to influence those people in the decision that they make? Maybe it's a son who's trying to determine the course that his life is going to go with school and all of the rest. Or maybe it's a different son who is just sort of in the throes of getting wrapped into maybe some addictive behavior. Maybe it's a daughter who's starting to take up with a guy who's got a shady past. Maybe it's a friend who is getting ready to throw in the towel on God. Wouldn't you love the opportunity to be able to speak into that situation and say, hey, let me bring something to the table. As you make this choice, as you make this decision, let me help you understand from an objective, hopefully, point of view what it is that you're facing, where it is that you're going. Wouldn't you like that opportunity? I think you would, because you care about them that much and about where it is that they're going to go. Well, guess what? That's exactly what we have in this text, because we've got John, we've got this spiritual father who is very concerned for his spiritual children. We've seen his deep love for them in previous passages, and he wants to be sure that they are making wise choices, because the choice that is in front of them is very, very significant. Open up your Bible, if you haven't already, please, to 1 John chapter 4. That's where we're going to be studying today, the first six verses. In 1 John chapter 4, if you didn't happen to bring a Bible, there's one provided for you in the venue that you are in, page numbers to find that on, or as always, you can go on version. you can find our outline there, as you can find it in your bulletin, you can find the passage there, and you can follow along, however is best. It would be nice to have the passage open in your lap so that you can see what it is we're talking about and where it is that we are 
going. Again, in this passage, we are going to see that John, this spiritual father, is deeply concerned for his spiritual children. He wants to speak to them. He wants to give them a heads up. He wants to say, hey, here are the two sides. I want you to choose wisely where you're going to go. And so he actually gives a few different essentials for making a wise choice, for setting them up for success, as it were. And I want to just point those out to you as we go, very simply, okay? The first of those is this, to admit the battle. To admit the battle. Look at the way that he opens up this chapter. In verse 1, chapter 4, 1 John, he writes, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Just stop right there for a second. It'd be very easy to just plow right past that, just get into some more of the meat of this passage. But if we do that, we're going to miss something very essential because this sets up the passage. This, this helps us to get a feel and a flavor, a tone for everything that's going to follow. So we can't miss this. See, in saying that we shouldn't believe every spirit, what John is pointing out is that every believer in Jesus Christ is in a battle. And there are people, there are spirits, as he talks about here, we'll explain that, who are working in opposition to who you are, to where it is that you're going as a believer in Jesus Christ, that are actively opposing us. If you haven't figured it out yet, not everybody is on your side. That's certainly true, humanly speaking. You might have somebody who's after your job. And so maybe they're saying things about you at work to try to get you out of that job so that they can get into it. Some people might be after your money. They might be after your spot, your starting spot on the team. They might be after your boyfriend. They might be after your identity. Happens all the time. In fact, last month, last month somebody hacked my email account and they sent out an email to a bunch of my contacts that said that, I, as though I was writing it, that I needed some money, that there was this bill that was due, and I just had a little cash flow issue, and if they would please wire some money, and there was this bogus account that was put there, if they just wire some money, I could pay them back in a day or two. And a number of people alerted me to that. They didn't think that that was me. And, and so I sent out an email to these contacts saying, you know, that's just a scam. Do not send the money to that address. I did go on and add, however, that if you do feel like sending money, here's an address you could wire it to, and that would be fine too, and that maybe this is the Lord's way of expressing His will to you. To date, nobody else feels that that was the Lord's will, that they should send me any money, but that's what happened. Now, not everyone is on your side, humanly speaking. There are people who are out to get you, but it doesn't stop there because there are also people who are out to get you spiritually speaking. That's what John is getting at here when he says that we shouldn't believe every spirit. Look, a spirit is a being. A spirit is an influence that comes against us or comes for us. That can be on either side. And as we're going to see, John is going to open up the two different sides of that. But we need to admit the fact that there is a battle that is going on because there are those who would stand opposed to us. There are those who are actively seeking to lead us astray. Here's the thing about spirits. This isn't to get all weird on you or anything like that, but there are always a spirit in influence on you in what you do. There is no decision that you make that is totally and completely neutral. There is some force on you, whether it be a biblical force, whether it would be some sort of evil force, that is there. And again, I don't want to get all weird out on you on this, but that is just simply the way that it is. There is something in our world, because we live in a spirit-filled world, 
where things are coming against or coming for. And it's a matter of who do we give ourselves over to. And so what John is saying here is that you need to be discerning or you're going to be deceived because there's a battle that we're in for truth and righteousness. And he wants to be sure that his readers, and by extension us as well, would find the right path, would find the God path, that we would choose our side wisely and in an informed way. So that's where he begins. Then he goes on, another layer down, another essential, he says, is to test the Spirit's to test the spirits, picking it up again in verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. And on that very same thing, Jesus says this in different terms, but very much you can see the force of it. Beware, Jesus says, of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. What he is saying is that there are people who are actively working against you. Admit the battle and test those spirits. They're working against, they're trying to deceive you. That's why they come in sheep's clothing when really they are wolves, Jesus says. That's just the tactic of false teachers. It's really pretty simple. It's sly, but it's simple. What it is is that they mix truth with error. The truth on the front side entices you to let your guard down. Because what it is they're saying sounds right. It sounds like that would be believable. In fact, I've read something just like that in the Scriptures. And they get you to let your guard down. And once it is down, now they go ahead and they bring in the false teaching. They bring in the rest of us while your guard, or rest of it while your guard is down so that you might be sucked into what it is that they would take you into. It's just their pattern. It's, it's their sly deception. So entering into that is something then that we probably also could acknowledge, at least on some level, is something that is enticing to us. So that we get our guard down, and now they bring false teaching, and it's probably something that, that resonates with us on some level and some common falsehood might be things things like thinking well sin really isn't sin that this particular sin it's it's not as bad as as what sometimes it's been made out to be so i'm going to dismiss it in a little way or it's not that big of a deal it might be something that suggests that that these certain scriptures can be disregarded or at least reinterpreted so that i don't have to actually follow after all of those different things. It might be a spirit that comes against you and says, well, you can go ahead and cut corners at work. Why? Well, because your boss really isn't paying you what you're worth. And so really, if you cut those corners, if you take advantage for yourself, you're really just evening the score. So there's nothing wrong with that because that's the way that it should have been or that service is optional. Or if you're really following after God, then you're going to be wealthy. You're going to have the things that you want. You'll be able to name what it is that you want and you can claim it is another of those things that kind of comes against. Or another evidence would be that you are kind of coming to this idea that it's okay to disregard God's standards when it comes to purity in marriage or purity in singleness because after all, God loves you so deeply and He just wants you to be happy. There are all sorts of different spirits that will bring these types of false conceptions, but they're probably resonating with you on some level, or you wouldn't want to go ahead and go after them, which speaks to why it's so important that we would test the Spirit so that we would know that we would understand what it is that is speaking in our minds and in our hearts. Is it from God, or is this something that is from some other source? 
that sounds good, that looks good, but it's really trying to deceive us. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing, to use Jesus' terminology. So John tells his readers and us to test the spirits. And there are certain tests, he says, you can just take and apply that to these people, and you'll be able to figure out who they are. It's not that difficult. You've seen that certainly in other realms. For instance, if you look at somebody, and you see this person, and they've got a badge, and they've got a gun at their hip, and they're driving a car that has flashing lights, and they're eating a donut, you know that you are probably encountering a what? Police officer. That's exactly right. You know that. You can tell them by who they are. Or if you walk around church today and you somebody, see somebody who's sunburnt and looks half asleep from jet lag, you'll probably know that they were on our Kenya team, our mission team. Absolutely. Or if you're sitting and listening to somebody talk and they say, in conclusion, and they're still talking 20 minutes later, you know that you're listening to a pastor. That's right, a pastor. Didn't have to say it with such enthusiasm, but yeah, but yeah, that's, that's who you're listening to. And what he is saying here is that you can tell a person by their stripes, essentially. And the same thing is true for false teachers. And John goes on to let us know how to choose those sides and who is on the different sides. Verse 2. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Simple. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. If that sounds familiar to you and you've been around here, it's because John is repeating himself. He's already said this in this letter before, and now he says it again. Why? Because it's important. Because he doesn't want us to miss this. This is the bottom line, and it is that it always comes down to Jesus. It always comes down to Jesus. That is so absolutely true. And interestingly enough, I heard that in a little unexpected context this last week. All of you, I'm sure, are familiar with the fact that Billy Graham passed away this last week, which is very sad that we're grateful for his ability to stand with his Savior that he loved and that he proclaimed so much and so very often and so faithfully. But many others have spoken up about the influence that he's had in their life. And one of those that I saw, maybe you saw this also, I thought it was pretty stunning, was actually Kathy Lee Gifford. I don't know if you saw her interview, but it was pretty good. And she makes this point for us. She said, it is not about religion, it is all about Jesus. And went on to give the, a beautiful presentation of the gospel. If you haven't seen it, you might just want to look that up. She's making our point for us. That it's always all about Jesus. And if you want to know, is this person of God or is this person perhaps of evil and seeking to lead us astray, ask about Jesus. What do you believe about Jesus? Who he is? What he did? How we follow after him? And on and on and on. A spirit who proclaims that Jesus is Lord and does what he calls you to do is from God. Have the confidence. No doubt about it. One who doesn't, isn't. It's that simple. How do we figure it out? Boil it down to Jesus. What are they doing with Jesus? What are they encouraging you to do with Jesus? 
The problem today in our society is that we're so into pluralism, we're so into tolerance, that anybody who has an idea about God, we're saying, has to be considered to be an equal idea with anybody else's idea about God, which is pretty ludicrous because nobody who has a belief system believes that at all. Not at all. Everyone believes that there is a portion of truth that they have that is unique from what other people have. Even the person who comes and says, no one religion is right, And nobody can stand on their version of truth because that truth can't be known is themselves proclaiming their own truth. It just is self-eliminating. There's nothing wrong with proclaiming that there is truth. The world is not devoid of truth. The truth is that the question is, what truth are you going to listen to? And so John pipes up and he says, let me tell you what truth you ought to listen to and why you ought to listen to it. So he goes back to, or he actually starts with, at the very beginning of his letter, the first verse in the first chapter, he laid it out for us. Here is what he said. Maybe you remember it. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon in our hands and have touched with our hands. Who's he talking about? Jesus. He says, Jesus is the one who is from the beginning. He is eternal. He is not one that was sort of dreamt up by somebody along the way. And he says, he so much wanted us to know who he was. He came into our world and our hands have touched him. We have seen him with our eyes. He has proven himself to be real because he was in our midst. Nobody else has done that. He says, that's how you can No, and John is saying that the one who testifies of him is not just a spirit. In this particular context, he says he is the spirit, which takes us right back into chapter two. It dovetails beautifully with what it was that we saw there just a few weeks ago, where it's talking about this spirit and the fact that we have an anointing. As a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the anointing of that spirit that is upon you. That the Spirit of God is in you to lead you, to guide you, to lift you to what it is that He would have for you. How it is that He would have you to live day by day by day by day. When it comes to choosing sides, it's not like we're just sort of hoping for the best. We pick something out of the air not knowing whether or not that's going to take us to the victory or not. There's no reason to have any doubt because the battle's already been fought and won on our behalf. And Jesus is the victor, and he's given us the spirit. And it leads us to really the key truth that I want to be sure that we walk from here with and that we live out in our lives as we move our way forward. That key truth is this, that the power within is without equal. The power within is without equal. That is saying that the power of the Spirit of God that has been placed on us, we've received that anointing, it's without equal, which means that you don't need to live your life being constantly influenced away from godly things because you have a greater power that is in you. That leads us right into the last of these things that John highlights for us, the last evidence here that we want to just make sure to deal into or dig into, this last essential in choosing sides, is to live your victory. Live your victory. Notice, I am not saying strive for victory. I'm not saying hope for victory. I'm saying live your victory because the battle has already been fought and every believer in Jesus Christ is on the winning side. Look at how he says it in verse 4. Little children, 
You are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. What's he saying? He's saying the power within is without equal. That's what he's saying. We can cling to that. But here's the interesting feature about all of this. John tells us, tells them, that they have the one who is greater in them, that they have overcome, and that is true. But the very context itself insists that we would understand this overcoming as a present reality, not a present guarantee. It's a present reality, not a present guarantee. In other words, it's there, it's available, it's the real thing, it is present. Jesus has done everything that is necessary in order for that to be your experience, but you still have to pursue it if you're going to stick to it. You still have to go after it. He's saying you've got the power over them, but in the same breath he's telling them to be vigilant or they're not going to be found living in that power. There's a step that is required on our part to move ourselves forward, to align ourselves with that power, to align ourselves with that anointing that is on us. This is a very real issue for us, just as it was for them. If you're a believer in Jesus, the power within is without equal in you too, in your life also. But it doesn't mean you're submitting to that power. It doesn't mean you're allowing it to rule the day in how you live, in where you go, in what you do, in what it is that you listen to, what voices you listen to as you make your way through the day. So what then does it look like to have this in principle but not in practice? If that's really true, what does it look like to have it in principle but not in practice. Well, evidences of not living in that overcoming state would mean that we are listening to voices of evil spirits. Now again, I don't want to get all voodoo on you. I'm not talking about voodoo. I'm not talking about listening to witchcraft. I'm not talking about using Ouija boards. Because really what then just listening to an evil spirit is about, it's just listening to any influence that would take you away from Christ. That's what an evil spirit is. It's just it's a thought maybe that comes to us from the spirit world itself or maybe that comes through the spirit to an individual and that individual then works to lead us astray. It's not all hocus pocus. It's just a matter of there are influences that would lead you astray and giving into them means listening to the voice of evil spirits. And when we do that, we're not living as overcomers. We might find ourselves in sin. We might find ourselves in a position of being susceptible to being led astray. In fact, maybe you are living in that condition now. You've been led astray. You've been pulled away from God, and you've been living there for quite a while. And you're not feeling any real urgency to return, which is another one. It's a spiritual laxness. You've got this malaise. You've got this, I'm just kind of hanging out here. I'm kind of doing my thing. Yeah, I'm spinning my wheels a little bit. And I I really don't see what the big deal is. Why it's so urgent for me to get fully committed all the time, every day, to Christ. Well, that's the power of the voice of the evil spirit, if you will, that is working against you to take you off in that direction. John says, I don't want you listening to that. There's a better direction for you to go. There's a side that you need to choose. And it's not that one because there's no neutral If you're just kind of on pause spiritually, you're not just sitting dead center. It's not neutral. Because God's will and purpose for you is that you would be pursuing Him. So if you're not pursuing Him, you're walking away from what God's purposes would be for you. 
no neutral. This is a big deal. Because you're not just failing to walk closely and faithfully with Christ and in His power. You're choosing yourself to give You're choosing to give yourself over to those things which are opposed to Jesus Christ. That's dangerous. That is deadly. And I'm sure that you know someone and that we could pull people up here today who would come up and they would say to you, they would say, you know what? The truth of the matter is that I love Jesus, that I'm a Christian, but I allowed myself to get talked into something that I never thought I'd do going a direction I never thought that I would go. But I did. Because I was listening to the wrong voices. And it's destroyed me. And it's destroyed my family. And it's destroyed my relationships. And it's destroyed my friendships. I did not intend for that to happen. But it did. Because I allowed myself to listen to the wrong voices and head the wrong direction. Friends, where does that resonate when it comes to you? You might be sitting here and saying, yeah, you're right, I'm one of those testimonies. You might be here by the grace of God not having gone down that road that far. But if you will listen to those voices, that's where you're headed. And it's vitally important that we would arrest that and that we would turn and we would go in a different direction. And that's why John writes. So that we might get a heads up before it's too late. Now you might be here today and you would say, it's already too late for me. Well, here's what you can do through the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers because of his death on the cross on your behalf. That slate has been wiped clean. You can confess that to God. You can find His forgiveness and you can start from the place where you are today moving yourself forward, listening to the voice of the Spirit of God. There's a very important little detail here that I don't want you to miss. When he says, greater is He, this is important if we're going to find victory in this. He says, when he says, greater is He who is in you, the you is plural. That doesn't come through very well in English unless you live in western Pennsylvania because we all know that the plural you in western PA is yins and at. That's right. Absolutely. Who knew that western Pennsylvania or Pittsburghese would help us theologically? But it does, at least in this particular case. We collectively have the one who is greater and we will live in it the best as we live it out collectively. There is no doubt in my mind but that we are much more vulnerable as we allow ourselves to go it alone, as we allow ourselves to get cut off from the herd, as it were, and go and do our own thing. But we are such individualists in this country. I can do it myself. We start saying that when we're toddlers and we never stop. But because we don't stop, we isolate ourselves and that's when we become vulnerable. And that's when the voice that is speaking to us that would lead us astray isn't countered by any other voices. If you want to thrive, spiritually speaking, you will live collectively in fellowship with believers in Christ. Because it will give us a different voice to listen to. It will give us one or two or others who will speak into our lives and into our circumstance. And when they see us starting to go down a path that obviously is being directed by some other influence, 
that they can speak up and they can pull us back from the brink or keep us from getting anywhere near it. If you want to thrive spiritually, get yourself into a group, a small group. Get yourself in an environment where you're listening continually to the wisdom of others. Offer your wisdom to other people. Engage with one another. Serve one another. Fellowship with one another. Love one another. We just came off of that last week. Pastor Matt's helpful message. And as we do so, we'll find ourselves in a place where we can thrive, where we can become an overcomer, where we can live the fact that greater is He who is in you than He who is in the world. That that will be our experience. John gives more information here about choosing sides as the passage goes on quickly here in verse 5. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world. Talking about the false teachers. Talking about the evil spirits. And the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. He's saying, in other words, you can discerningly choose sides. Just by looking at what they're promoting. Looking at what it is they're calling you to do and evaluating that against the word and the will of God. So, in conclusion... Just kidding. John is saying that the sides are pretty clearly drawn. He's saying that the power to live in the greater is already in our hands. It's already in our hearts as believers in Jesus Christ. This is not a question of can you. This is a question of will you. You can. There's no doubt that you can because you have been anointed by the Spirit Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The power within is without equal. The question is, will you? If you will submit yourself to the word and the will of God, if you will listen to the spirit of God directing you in the way that you ought to go, if you allow yourself to be guided by other believers in Christ who will help to take you the direction that it is that we should go. We will avoid the traps. We will be the real thing that Christ calls us to be, living as He calls us to live. We will get the Word from John. We will understand it. And while there will always be a temptation to be pulled in that direction, away from Jesus, because the influences are always going to be there, you don't need to be susceptible to them. You can combat them. You can overcome them. But only as we live intentionally. So wherever you are, whatever has brought you to the point where you are today, maybe having given in to voices that you know you shouldn't have given in to, or maybe standing strong, my encouragement to you is that you would surround yourself with the voices that are going to take you in the direction that God would have you to go. And as He does, you can thrive. You can live in the power of the Spirit. You can experience all that it is that He has for you. You can choose sides wisely and experience the blessing that comes with following after Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I do thank You for 
John, I thank you for his love for us that is leading him to say so plainly and so boldly and so purposefully, there is a side that will lead you away from Jesus. There is a side that will lead you to. There is a spirit that takes you away. There is a spirit that takes you to. Father, we are in this circumstance where all of these voices are speaking. And sometimes we kind of throw in the towel and say, well, the devil made me do it. Well, maybe the devil did bring his influence. But we're the ones who have given in because we have a power that is greater in us than the one that is in the world. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would help us to align our hearts, our spirit, with what it is that you are calling us to do. That we would not be so determined to be isolated, to be individualistic, to I can do it myself, that we're allowing ourselves to get wrapped up in that which would lead us away from you. Lord, give us the courage, give us the desire, give us the clarity to run after you, to live our lives according to the power and influence that you seek to bring and lead us by and guide us to, whether that be your word or your spirit or others who help us. Lord, we go that direction for your sake, for our sake, in the power of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen.